0: Hello, I'm Kelly Crichton and this is The Reset Room. We're here to give you the tools you need to succeed and answer your questions on your journey to fulfilment. On this episode, we are talking all about the importance of positive role models, the people we need to see doing the things we want to do and achieving what we want to achieve. If you haven't caught up with this series of The Reset Room as of yet, we're covering some really interesting and timely topics like diversity and neurodiversity, dealing with anxiety, and more recently, we've been looking at how our breathing can impact us when breath expert Stuart Sandeman joined us. These are available on all podcast platforms now. But back to today. This week, I'm joined by Amina Walker, once again, who has 26 years of coaching experience, working with clients on their personal growth and challenges, as well as helping people perform under the pressures we face in life. Amina regularly coaches people in the spotlight and in high profile business positions, entertainment and sport. Hi Amina, thanks for coming back to join us on The Reset Room. Hi Kelly, it's good to be back. So today we're talking about role models. It's nice to have a kind of a positive topic, isn't it? Isn't it so, you know, those people in our lives that we can look up to, they could be familial role models, work role models, life achievement role models. Talk to us about why it's so important for us to have role models in our lives. Do you know what? We take having a good role model in life most
1: as a given. But I think certainly over time, The role models that we thought we might have had in life are just not necessarily there anymore. And I'll tell you why. Because society is changing, but the family unit has changed so much over the years and we have more blended families. There's a lot of struggles within a family where you would expect to perhaps look up to one of your parents Mm -hmm. and that doesn't always happen anymore. We look up to different types of people in society and they might not always be the right role models. And I think growing up, we are shaped by our environment. Mm-hmm. So, and that means where we live and the people who we're surrounded by. And so those years are really, really important to us. Um, and they shape who we become as we get older. So having really good role models to look up to, even if they're not directly around mm-hmm. us, is important because it almost helps us to become who we become later in life. That said, even as we get older, We can still look for role models out there and we still, you know, look up to people who we admire and take something from that. So I think it's important um, because it helps us to grow and develop and to aspire to be somebody or something
0: better than we already are. Mm. And that helps us to grow. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think we often imagine role models as someone children look up to. And that, like you said, it's so important in your kind of formative years your teenage years, that yeah. you're, you've you got those people that you can say, I'm interested in them. They look like what I want to be like. They're setting a good example. I mean, you're not going to do that consciously. Do you know what I mean? But it's just they have a positive influence. Mm-hmm. Would you say we could and should have role models beyond that, though? Absolutely. I'll tell you, one of the things that I always do um, when
1: I'm coaching, Kelly, is... The first, the first meeting that I ever have with anybody I'm coaching, one of the first questions is look back over your life and tell me who you think has been a good role model for you. And that's either as a child or at school or college or university or in your workplace or somewhere in the world who you think somebody on the global stage, somebody mm-hmm. who you think, you know what, I want to be more like that. And I asked them that question because I want to know why. What are the characteristics about that person that they look up to, they admire, mm-hmm. and they want to emulate and be more like? And that helps me to see who that person is and who they're trying to become. But I also ask them, also look back now and tell me who you think has been a negative role model. So tell me somebody who you think, I don't ever want to be like that. You don't have, they don't have to give me names. It's more of what are the characteristics within a negative role model that you almost want to move away from and, and never want to become. Mm. For some people, that's the person in the family. Mm. Okay. Positive or negative. For others, it's a school teacher. Certainly for me, it was a school teacher. But you don't always know at the time. It's when you look back mm. and, and and think back of your life. Think, you know what? Really thinking about it, that person when they said that thing that helps me to turn a corner. Mm-hmm. It might have been one sentence, or it might have been something that they did, or it might have been a consistent way that they behaved um, when they were with them that made them think, "I want to be more like that."
0: Mm-hmm. We talked about lots of different types of role models, be it like in your family, at school, on the world stage, whatever. To look at a group in particular who've been held up as role models recently and maybe kind of prompted us to actually have this discussion as well was the English women's football team. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: well, you know, the women's national football team were recently in the Euros. And, you know, it was it was only, oh, I mean, a match of a couple of years ago where nobody talked about women's football that much. It was almost a thing that happened, but nobody really took it seriously um, enough, even yeah. though there are thousands and thousands of young girls out there who love playing football, grown up with it, um, and really want to be a, a footballer um, in life mm. or a sports person in life, necessarily footballer. Um, but in this case, yeah. we saw the uh, women's national team get as far as the semi-finals and they beat Sweden in the semi-finals um, and with a cracking result. And th- at that point, I think that was a pivotal moment mm-hmm. because at that point, everybody started taking notice and yeah. there was been lots of publicity on the nationwide scale and everybody was more and more interested. And then, of course, we saw them go to the finals at Wembley. But what we saw was that they filled, the fans filled Wembley Stadium. So they had mm. more, the capacity was, filled to the brim. And they had Mm. more attending the women's final than any other final um, that's ever been there, which um, is a record. And they beat Germany to win, which is kind of a a one-up on the the men's football team. I'm absolutely sure they will. However, what I thought was great about the England women's football team is how they've worked hard to get there. They Mm -hmm. They haven't made a fuss. They haven't shouted about the facts that you know, nobody um, pays them the uh, the attention that they should get mm-hmm. and they just go out there and they win um, mm-hmm. against the odds, if I'm honest. And so they work flipping hard to get there. And what role models they are for young girls out there mm-hmm. today. You know, to say if you really want it, if you really work hard, this could be you and, and this can happen for you. So don't give in in spite of the naysayers out there, the people doubting you and saying it's never going to happen or they don't take you seriously. So I think they are a really, really good example for all of us really to look up to.
0: Yeah, certainly, hopefully a turning point in sort of investment for women's football and making sure that we're seeing more of those women on television and hearing about them in the news. So some might say that many other teams could well have learned a lot from this side. What do you think? Well,
1: you know, I, I don't intend to be sexist and I'm not because listen. You know, I, I, this this happens with, with, with all um, sexes in teams, men and women. But the behaviour of the, um, the England national women's team uh, was very respectful on mm-hmm. the pitch, off the pitch. So in other words, they didn't foul each other as much as you see in men's football. There was mm-hmm. no uh, red card uh, events like you see more in men's mm-hmm. football. There's no disrespect to the ref. Um, and outside of the game, you see less bad behaviour um, from mm-hmm. a woman's point of view, we you do with the men. So so turn to the men, you have a lot of young men, thousands and thousands of young boys who desperately want to grow up and be a footballer. But even recently, we've seen games where um, uh, two football managers, uh, I think it was Chelsea and Tottenham, Tuchel and Conte, mm-hmm. um, behaving badly on the sidelines of the pitch, so badly, in fact, that the ref gave them both a red card. And that might be disputable, whatever, but when it's on camera, everybody sees it. Yeah. So not only do young boys not have brilliant examples, sometimes on the pitch, because there's a lot of fouling, a lot of aggressive behaviour, a lot of pushing mm. and shoving and even hair pulling, um, <laughs> but they also see it on the sidelines. And Ugh. so I think you know, balancing the two, they are very, very different. And we have to be careful as to what kind of behaviour we we aspire to look up to. So if you want to be a good footballer, lads, or young girls, make sure you're looking up to the right kind of behaviour when you're playing on the pitch and when you're off it.
0: Yeah, and at the same time when there's like, you know, a very, very, very famous footballer, ex-footballer manager in court at the same time as well, which is mad, you know, for allegedly terrible things. I think you're right. I think there is certainly some teams who could learn a lot from women's football in general. Another world we hear a lot of talk about whether the participants are positive role models or not is reality TV. And particularly things like Love Island, which seem to be fixated on the body beautiful. What do you think? Yeah, no, you're absolutely
1: right. And fame. Um, let's be honest. And yeah. and and sometimes that's where the, the the young footballing careers go wrong. Also because money is a big driver.
0: Mm. So it's
1: not just fame, it's fortune too. Sometimes the route to getting that is football. Sometimes it's reality TV. And Love Island is one of the really good examples of that because of the length of time that it runs and mm. because it sounds, it looks and sounds wonderful. Everybody's in the sun, having a great time. They mm. all happen to have great figures on there, which is mm-hmm. another issue. Um, and everything looks wonderful, but then it would because it's mm. a setup. Um, and, you know, it's not real life and everything is made to be wonderful. Um, and all the people there have to do is have a good time, find somebody that they want to fall in love with or, or fancy and just enjoy themselves. And what we do is observe and and look at what happens in relationships when, when things go right and things go wrong. However, what happens is, um, especially for, for younger people, the younger generation, they want a piece of that. So, mm. so they want a piece of that fame and fortune. They want that figure, um, and for, and which is a dangerous issue. And it also leads them to the wrong conclusion about what it's all about. So in other words, see the fantasy of it, but not the reality of it. And, and I can mm. say that with confidence because I have coached people who have a few people who have been on reality TV programs and um, series, and I've coached them when they've come off it. And yeah. the downfall that, that 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 you're hit with. So not only do we have the pressure on young people, especially girls, if I'm honest, but it but mm. it doesn't matter to boys, and um, to look like that. Mm. And and actually that's wrong because mm-hmm. beauty has many forms of, and personality is also more important for many people. So mm-hmm. we shouldn't get caught up in ha- trying to look like that. And and actually, if you want success and fame and love. You'll only get it if you look like that, which is absolutely not true. So we, we've got to be careful that we don't get young people caught up in that. But we also have to know that that that's not reality. Uh, and yeah. that all of those people, um, as, as soon as they come away from that, and even when they're on it, even when they're on it, when things don't go right, um, they can be distraught and we've seen that in this series where they yeah. said the wrong thing or they've got upset or somebody's cheated um, and and they're upset but they're also on camera upset which is almost mm-hmm. a double whammy because yeah. everybody's seeing it and everybody's commenting on it and you don't have a choice because you're stuck in that situation you don't have a choice you could leave but actually you probably talked around not leaving because it makes good tv honestly yeah. Um, and that's entertainment. And that's what reality TV is all about. It's about us looking at you and commenting on what yes. we think about you, as well as sometimes aspiring to be a bit more like that. We've just got to be careful about what we're looking at and what
0: we're aspiring to being. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we were better off in a big brother world, but I suppose like in a ways it was more realistic in that the people seemed to be brought in for kind of their personalities more than anything. But then, it was still contrived, you know, They were Big Brother was the puppet master, really. So what we were seeing wasn't probably the the essence of these people as well, you know. So I guess there's a lesson there around reality TV in general. But moving away from sport and TV and what we might call the world stage, in our day-to-day lives, where should we be looking for inspiration? I think um, one of the things that we have to do is to um,
1: think about, A, who, who we are and be who we want to become and not, not just, I'm talking about fame or anything. I'm just talking about in life. So mm. in other words, if you, if you want to, if you want to get married and have a family, then what kind of a wife, mom, person do we want to be? And mm. at work, how do we want to be? How, you know, if we want to be a manager, how do we want to be? So we have to start with what kind of a manager person, etc. mom, do I want to be? Mm. Um, and that's a good starting point because then you can look at the world around you and think, who are, who are the people out there who perception wise, because we don't know them all, perception wise, we think that actually that's um, a good example for me to, to look at. And I think that's your starting point and thinking about what's important to you, what values matter to you, uh, what are the things that really make a, a difference to you? Um, and and you can find that in the workplace um, and you can, or you can find it on the global stage. And the Queen, I, I have to say, is a really good example mm-hmm. that. Sometimes you only know that when the person's not there anymore. And I know that sounds really sad, but it's that whole reflecting back thing again and looking back over your life and thinking, actually, you know, I can't see how that person shapes me or I can't see why I would look up to that person. Because for all the pressure that the Queen has been under all of her life, for all the work that she's had to do, every time she steps out into the public eye, she's on camera. Mm-hmm. And however, her behaviour mostly has been impeccable. Uh, I dare say she might have said the on three odd thing now and then, or maybe made the odd mistake now and then, but that is minimised by how much good stuff she's done out there for Mm -hmm. people and how much of a role model she's been for many, many people, either from a work point of view or as a mum or as a grandma um, or just as a world leader. Because I don't know whether it's an official, I don't think it is an official thing, but it's almost a motto that she never complains and she doesn't get caught up in politics. She leaves that to the politicians. So she doesn't comment. She doesn't make judgments. Um, she sees people for who they are, and is grateful that they're there, and and values the, the the diversity of the whole Commonwealth and and the world really. And she's respected by so many people, so many leaders out there in the world, and young kids. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we'll be talking about this forever because mm-hmm. it's it's whether you agree with the monarchy or not, this is about role models, and and this is about looking up to somebody who has actually achieved so much, and is a good example for so many people.
0: Mm-hmm. What about acting as role models ourselves? What are the things we should be thinking about?
1: Yeah, to be a good role model, I think you've got to stand up for what you believe in. You've got to stand up for what you uh, believe is the right thing to do. You've got to work hard at whatever it is that you're doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if that's being a mum, work hard at being a good mum. Do the things that you think are right to do. Um, Mm -hmm. You'll get things wrong. We all do. This is not about perfection. This is about accepting when you get things wrong, but still trying hard. To do better. So stand up for what you believe in, work hard at the the, the thing that it is that you want to do, be it a job, be it a sport, be a, a mum at home. Listen to the people who matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's really important as we go out into the world and get jobs or or get on a on a bigger stage, whatever it is, because you will be surrounded by people who make judgments on you and about you. Um and there will always be good things. Mm-hmm. Some of them might be right. A lot of them won't be right. So mm-hmm. only listen to the people who are either close to you or who really matter to you. And know that people are always watching. Yeah. So they're always watching. They're always listening. So your kids are always watching you when you're a mom. Always. They're taking stuff in all the time. Mm-hmm. Be mindful of that. Again, you won't always get things right. But know that what you say, they're, they're likely to remember in some way or copy. Mm-hmm. And that's the same as we grow up. So mm-hmm. just be careful of what comes out of your mouth. Think before you speak and be respectful to others. It sounds a bit glib. It sounds cheesy. It sounds like a, yeah, I am anyway, um, mm-hmm. but but we're not always because we've, we forget that actually we're making an impression, uh, making an impression on the people around us. So people that we don't even know, respect costs nothing, kindness costs nothing. And I think give people a leg up and a bit of help whenever you can I think all of that makes a damn good role model and it's not easy to do I'm not saying any of it is easy it takes hard work to
0: be a really good role model absolutely yeah do you want to share with us some examples of other good role models you think or someone you might have looked up to in the past or currently
1: yeah I think I've referred to it earlier but one of the role models I mean there's been quite a few uh, in my life but the one of them was a school teacher from an early, yep. early, early age. Um, I didn't think it at the time, but it's one of those um, mm-hmm. reflecting moments where with the subjects, I was rubbish at, at school, really not good at all. Um, but the, the teacher was really patient, didn't mm-hmm. criticise, really. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to, I used to daydream a lot in these particular subjects because I'm good at it. Um, And, you know, he used to talk. What he used to do was he used to inspire me and he used to say, you've got a lot about you. You will go far. You will do well in life. And I I used to think, but I'm rubbish at this subject. But he always Mm. used to say, don't worry about that. Do your best. You will still go far in life. And I have never, ever forgotten his words since and, and I was a young, I don't know, how old was I? 13. I mean, yeah. that's a lifetime yeah. ago now. And those words stayed with me for forever, uh, still stay with me now. Because just because you're not good at one thing doesn't mean to say you're not good at a whole host of other things. And mm. what happens sometimes is we focus on the stuff that we're not good at and other people talk about that instead of talking about all the other things that's going well, that's going Right. So he was a brilliant role model and I have a really good role model in the workplace as I was older. And this was a an, an MD who took mm-hmm. the time to talk to everybody, listen to everybody, yeah. um, and it was really understanding. I suppose there are similar ingredients in the kind mm-hmm. of role model that I look look up to. And that's somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't judge unnecessarily. Is honest, by the way, and can give criticism, Mm -hmm. but doesn't unnecessarily judge and put people down. I really don't like to see that. So the good listeners and they pay attention, they take notice, Mm -hmm. uh, they care and they encourage. I like to see that in all my role models. It doesn't matter whether that's
0: the queen or whether that's a school teacher from when I was a, a young kid at school absolutely and I think it's interesting what you say there about the workplace because when you say role model you it's probably not the first place that springs to mind but like how great is it if you've got someone in your organization that you kind of look at and go they're doing a great job they value me or whatever the things are that make you feel that way about them or I'd like to be like them or they're achieving what I'd like to achieve and like to have that kind of inspiration so close to you and to be able to draw on it I think it's worth sort of remembering that if you're in those positions, there's people looking up to you as well, you know, as role models, not just as their boss. So, yeah, Yeah. it's not maybe an angle we come at it from. No,
1: and that's one of the things I talk to. Whenever I'm coaching leaders in business, being managers or or chief execs, what I always say to them is that every move you make is probably being observed. Everything that comes out of your mouth is being listened to. Um, So think before you speak, think before you act. Mm. That doesn't mean to say you've got to be perfect, but... And um, somebody somewhere will take what you've said and they'll remember it. So you have a wonderful opportunity to influence in a really positive way all of these people. And when you do that, you get, you get a better connection, better engagement, and therefore better results at the end of it. And isn't that what all really leaders in the workplace want? So, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you want good results, it starts with you being a good role model right at the top. And by the way, as, as sometimes what I say um, when coaching is you might not have the perfect role model, but there might be aspects mm-hmm. of one person that you think, I'll take those, and aspects of another yeah. person you think, I'll take those, and you form yeah. your own version of who you want to be By a combination of things you've taken from different role models in life. That is
0: a good idea. Okay, moving along to part two of the podcast this week, where we hear from our listeners and challenges they're facing in their own lives. So we have an email from Christine in Hastings. She says, I have an 11 year old daughter who is quite a shy person. But in recent months, she started hanging around with a group of kids from the neighborhood and her personality seems to have changed quite a bit. The kids are both boys and girls of various ages from about 10 or 11 to 14 or 15. I know some of the families, but not all of them. My daughter's behaviour has disimproved. She has become closed off. She doesn't want to hang around with her family. She just wants to be out hanging around the local green or off to the cinema or shopping centre with her mates. She's constantly on her phone when she's at home, although it's not allowed between 830 and. 8.30pm and 10am. She doesn't play sports. She used to do dance class, but gave that up about a year ago. I don't know how to get my little girl back. When I talk to her, she usually bites back. Can you help?
1: Mm. Um, and, and this is really, Christine, this is really common and normal, I have to say, because, you know, your daughter's got getting to that age um, bracket now where she almost wants to rebel against being a little girl. She mm. doesn't want to be a little yeah. girl anymore. It sounds like mm. she, well, she's growing up, and it sounds like she wants to show that she's growing up. She wants to, show, yeah. she wants to be in the cool gang. She wants to be a bit of a rebel. She doesn't necessarily want to be naughty, but she wants you to see that actually she, she doesn't want to be a little girl and do what she's told. Quite so much as as you might want her to that's not to say she's going to be disrespectful but she just wants to be in a in a cool gang and she wants you to know that she she's not a little girl anymore so what what when that happens by the way your kids be girls or boys they, they almost disassociate themselves from their family because it's almost like mm. i don't want to be like that now i want to be like this and they move towards the kind of people and I don't know, age group that they want to be more like. So the role models from their perspective are moving away a little bit from parents and more from the cool people or the people in, you know, friendship group at school that they want to be more like. How do you handle Mm -hmm. something like that? Well, it takes some determination and it takes a bit of patience because what you want isn't necessarily what she wants. But what you really want to think about doing is taking an interest so asking mm. her about a friend, you know, tell me a bit more about them. What do you like? What are they good at? What have you been doing? So share her enthusiasm for whatever it is she's doing. Mm. She might not give you a lot because kids don't, but keep asking, keep asking questions in a, oh, I really want to know this sounds exciting. This sounds good. It sounds cool kind of way, because that way mm. she'll open up more and let you in. If it's more of a question, well, I want to know who you see and I want to know what you're doing. Then, then you'll bring out the rebel, and she'll she'll close the door because again, that's her and adult behaviour, which this is. But, yeah. but her, you're treating her like a child, and she wants you to see her more as a somebody who's growing up into a teenager. So, almost try and talk to her on her level as much as you possibly can. Be inclusive because if you if you if you don't get in her circle, um, then you might drive her away, and that's the last thing that you mm. want because if she clams up and she doesn't talk to you about what she's doing, um, then that makes you worry more because you really don't know what uh, she's getting up to. And mm-hmm. also make a point of praising her. So when she does tell you things or when she does give you snippets or when she, you know, she does tell you what she's doing, um, just say, oh, thanks ever so much for letting me know. Or, oh, I'm really pleased you told me that. Or, oh, that sounds really good. Or, you know, tell tell me about it when you get back. So in other words, um, almost almost thank her for including you in that circle because that means you're going with her on that journey rather than being left behind while she goes anyway because she probably will
0: yeah it's a difficult one isn't it and I feel like it's a it's a you know a phase for want of a better expression you know things tend to kind of reach a kind of peak and then they'll start to get better again but you're just when you're in it it's difficult to see past it but yeah I guess again it's that role of parent as role model and you know what is the positive image you want them to see as well even going through those difficult um those difficult times I mean we're um getting to the end of today's show do you want to share with us any comments or um what we've talked about today summarize a little bit for us
1: yeah, of course. Just a few things that I would I kind of want to leave everybody with, really. The first one is I've coached many people who have struggled either at work or in the spotlight um, and they've been role models. And what I will say is that if you aspire to be somebody um, big or a manager or a footballer, know that you'll be a target for criticism. And all I would say is be prepared. Get yourself ready mm. for that and um, just listen to the people who matter. Secondly, consider who your role models are. Choose carefully what behaviours are, are important to you. Think about those things now because it gives you a good baseline to work from. The third thing is at any stage in our lives, at any stage, we can be role models for others. Even a kid at school, mm. you can be the sensible one in the classroom. You can be the nice one to everybody else when the buddies are around. You can be the one that the mm. other kids look up to. So what is it about you that could set a good example Whatever it is, do more of it. Mm -hmm. The fourth thing is um, good role models don't judge. They give feedback and they're honest, but they don't judge unnecessarily. So be honest with somebody who you think isn't a good role model. And finally, you know, as it's the end of the series, I would say take the opportunity to look back over the whole series and listen to mm-hmm. um all the different podcasts that we've done. Because as a result of all of these different episodes, you can easily be better, stronger, smarter and so much better a role model than you than you are right now. If you learn all of these tricks, techniques, tips, and you become a better role model for other people, Mm -hmm. and not only will you do that for other people, but actually you benefit yourself massively. So look Mm -hmm. back over all of it and take as many tips as you can and build on the strengths that you've got and, you know, you'll
0: be an outstanding role model. We are giving people the tools they need on their journey to fulfillment, isn't it? <laughs> right, <laughs> As we say in our little intro every week. Yeah, yeah. we've had a great time recording the second series of The Reset Room and we'll be back again soon with more advice and guidance from the wonderful Emma Walker who joined me today and Kay Woodburn, our other resident expert. If you have a suggestion for future episodes or would like to see us cover a particular area of personal development, please get in touch via social media. Thank you for joining us on this episode today. You can follow us on Twitter at Reset underscore Room, on Facebook at The Reset Room and on Instagram at Reset Room Podcast. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your mates about it if you're enjoying it. The Reset Room is a laudable production produced and hosted by me, Kelly Crichton. Our resident experts are Kay Woodburn of greedypeople.co.uk and Amina Walker, who you'll find on aminawalker.com. Thanks for all your time and sage advice on today's episode. Thank you, Kelly. And throughout the series, Emma, it's been great having you with us again. Thanks, Kelly. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back again very soon, so don't go anywhere.